Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Cincy Shirts. Look, you know Cincy Shirts, you love Cincy Shirts, they've been with FC Cincinnati from the beginning, and we're just huge fans of their work here at The Post and happy to have them on as a sponsor. If you head on over to CincyShirts.com, that's Cincy with a Y, check out using the promo code THEPOSTCINCY. That's all one word, all caps. You will get 10% off your order and you let them know that we sent you there. They have MLS and MLSPA licensed FCC gear available online or in two retail locations in Hyde Park and Fort Mitchell. And the cool thing about the in-store locations, if they don't have your size on the shelf, they can print you one on the spot. Also, the promo code works in stores as long as you tell them. And that promo code is, again, the post Cincy with a Y, all one word, all caps, or use the link down in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much to Cincy Shirts for sponsoring this episode. And on this episode of the Postcast, it is a very, very special episode because we're all in the same room. This never gets to happen. And sure, it what? was... A bad loss. What? There are other people here with me in the intro. How? <laughs> it's a rough loss. We're going to talk about how this real. We're going to talk about the away day to Columbus. We will look ahead to the Open Cup here as well. But we are recording this immediately after the loss to Columbus. So we'll commiserate. We'll have a group therapy session here. This will be your postcast. Joining me to talk about that, I've got the two gentlemen that I've been spending a weekend at an Airbnb with. I've got the Chief, I've got Grayson. Grayson, did Columbus ruin our weekend in Columbus? No. Okay, good. No. No. I think the better question is, is the postcast going to continue after we all spent this much time together with one another? Outside of a Zoom session. No. It's like... Probably uh, not. You, you never become roommates with your friends. You need somebody that you kind of know because there's no coming back if there's if anything goes wrong with the roommate situation. Yeah. You know, the weekend together was fine. Okay. Like, I thought it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was it good. Was perfect, it was perfectly fine. Um, the loss hurts. The loss hurts. Um, you well, know... But maybe the real win was the friends we made along the way. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. What's the bigger loss? FC Cincinnati dropping points in the Supporter Shield race or Jeff Ruby becoming a a sponsor of the Columbus crew? Well, that tweet was deleted. Oh, was it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did we Uh, bully this out of existence already? Yeah, it seemed like somebody got got wind that it wasn't the best day to (laughs) celebrate their partnership with the Columbus crew. Um, Yeah, I mean, we saw that in the march to the stadium, we saw that Jeff Ruby van 
and people were like pointing at it. We were like, yeah, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Ruby's, Ruby's here. Yeah. We can't lose. Jeff Ruby's here. It was next to a UDF ice cream truck as well. So now I've got all sorts of questions. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I I wouldn't blame anybody for, for, for jumping ship. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. They say, like, hell is real yeah. is a sign. But, like, in the rivalry... It's also like a statement of intent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a threat. And um, it's a it's a promise Ooh. that 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 you were gonna make the other person go through something. Yeah. And that it, there's gonna be, you know, fire on the field. And there was fire on the field. Was uh, kind of like kind of like that Maui fire. Mostly, (laughs) mostly the smoldering corpses of everything associated with the organization FC Cincinnati tonight. But a fire, nevertheless. Just something, something beautiful that we have to watch being destroyed (laughs) with nothing we can do about it. Was Roman Celentano like the one beach house that always gets skipped, right? Like the entire neighborhood's gone. There's like one really beautiful house that is somehow still standing. Always spurs like conspiracy theories, like who lives there? Right. So sometimes it does that. There was a really bad episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation, about this, where it was one house standing after a planet had been obliterated. Oh, that's and, funny. And as always, it's some being of immense power that can just, you know, snap his fingers and make things better. Right. Yeah. Right. Living amongst the mortals. Just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, and, uh, you know, we all, we were all that, that MAGA woman who found her scorched Rolex in the ruins of her, of her house. And th- that scorched Rolex was Roman. Yeah. Uh, identifiable, but badly marred and, yeah, you, know, you have to question if it's going to be useful going forward, <laughs> or if it's just looking at him as a painful Jeez. reminder <laughs> of all that was lost. <laughs> to be clear, I think Roman will be useful going <laughs> forward. Yeah, yeah, okay, so, okay, yeah. but, but he'll it, still it tell was, time. But it was like like his performance, and we'll get to it. But like his performance tonight was like yeah, that one shiny object uh, in the rubble, and even that three goals did get past him. Let's be clear, yeah. like. <laughs> Oh, one, was a, one was a penalty. One was right, right. One I didn't even see. So that I, as far as I'm, I concerned, have no proof that happened. Didn't happen. I'll, I'll say eh, maybe could have got a hand on it. <laughs> um, so let's back up. Let's. I mean, we will eventually be releasing more content from this weekend. I will put absolutely zero pressure on the timeline for this. But unless you're desperate to relive this weekend, <laughs> which I know that I just lived this weekend and I'm not right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take a moment. But we should uh, we should explain to the good folks. And, and Chief, I think this is your place to explain. What what did we do this weekend? What was the idea? I don't know if you I don't know if you even want to expose what we were attempting here. Uh, whatever you want to we like. Att- we were attempting something. Yeah, content. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's always been my dream. Yeah. Like today at the match in Columbus, um, there were a lot of people that got put up on the jumbotron. Uh, for some reason, uh, the band Welshly Arms, Welshly Arms was present to play their one song that everybody knows or that some people know, a little a butt rock jam named Legendary. I think. It was yes. Right. 
So they got on the Jumbotron. From Cleveland. From Cleveland. Not Columbus. Which and not, they're not Welshmen as far as I can tell either. I don't think so. Not from Wales? I think half of them are women. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, so at one point in the game, they put up a guy named Sir Yacht. Sir Yacht, yeah. Which I've never heard. I, I think I have heard of Sir Yacht. I think that he was like, for some reason, I remember him being involved with with Big Cat from Pardon My Take over college football at some point. Okay. There was something on Twitter. But they put under his name Content Creator. And I think my goal at this point <laughs> is just to be identified somewhere as a content creator. Hey, that, there comes a content creator. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that man. You see him there? That man creates content. <laughs> and as we all know in the modern economy, content is king. Hey. So... We decided, the group of us, um, with probably not enough planning eh, ahead of time. It's all right. Enough planning. Enough planning. That we were going to come up here. We were going to uh, do a video about how to do an away day. Yes. And record our experiences and share it with you, the fine people, so that all 12 of you can watch our escapades on an away day. Um, some of the footage is usable. Some of the footage is utterly unusable. And uh, at some point, we'll edit it together and post it up online. And you can judge for yourself whether or not we did a decent away day. And we had a decent away day experience. Yeah. I'm excited to see people's reactions to it. And if people would want it in other cities, other ideas or tweaks or adjustments to the formula. I think this is a good starting point. I'm, I'm imagining how you're going to put it together. I don't know what it'll <laughs> look like. But in my mind, I can kind of see what it looks like. And... Um, yeah, no, so it's kind of exciting. Like, we're trying we're trying new things for folks. Yeah, and this is how we find ourselves in a very industrial, kind of vaguely, like, Chipotle, you know, fuck to Hyatt. Yeah. Airbnb, sitting around a table, recording into a uh, microphone together. Yeah, yeah. Instead of Zoom. This is, you know, it brought us together. So, how bad can it be? We'll see when I edit it. <laughs> in my mind, this will be easier, but... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Grayson, thoughts? Well, it does have like a very kind of masculine decor with like all the horned animals right. on the wall. But the plates are the exact plates that I described. <laughs> that you need to have if you're a single guy and you want to show a woman how stylish you're, you yeah. are. Like how much good taste you have. They're perfectly flat and they have these really kind of short... Yeah. Uh, walls. Like a third Around of an inch the wall. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like not short, but not tall. Yeah, just yeah. like there's no no rice is getting over the side of this thing. Absolutely yeah. not. But you could certainly, if it was full of water, that would be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bowl. The no, plate. no. <laughs> and the, the large plates and the small plates match. Um, so there's some lockers built into the wall. Yeah, and there's like a telephone booth. With some no, reason. With no telephone. There's a record player with no needle. Yeah. yeah which good. is insane to me. It's Did like wearing another... glasses with no lenses. <laughs> it is exactly like that. Did another guest break it and the host doesn't know that? I mean, the needles are not needles are not cheap. Right. For sure. Right. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean... There's also like I'm just. Like, I was trying to listen to College Dropout last night, and uh, that experience was taken from me. Yeah, 
I'm also noticing underneath the record player that there's just an insane assortment of books. Like the one, see, the, the first one on the shelf is tax savvy for small business. Like who checks into an Airbnb and is like, you know what sounds fascinating to read? A book on how taxes and small business and what you should be doing to maximize your growth. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they forgot that book. Because in that book, they would have read that if you have an Airbnb that you operate as a business. Right. And you buy a needle to fix your record player, you can deduct that. Right. As an expense. And you might get a higher against review. Your, against your earnings. Yeah. yeah. Like, Guys, I, we got to for uh-huh. the video. There's, there is quite literally a book on the shelf that says Content Inc. Oh, well. Maybe well, it's Content it Inc. Maybe it's about happiness. Happy. Oh, fuck. There's only one way to tell, and that's to randomly guess and not open it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if the secret to doing better content is in that book, and we could have actually had a podcast people want to listen to by reading it? Sucks for us. Yeah. We'll just deal with whatever this thing is. Just never know. Never know. Just add it to the list of books I didn't read. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in addition to doing all the content, um, yeah, we got a uh, we got a little spot. I, I was able Gravity's to join. Rainbow. Didn't read it. Oh, okay. Launching into something here? (laughs) Infinite jest. Yeah. Didn't read it. It's fine. You'll figure it out. You can fill a library with the books I haven't read. I'm not sure everybody has time for infinite jest. I think they have. I'm not sure everybody has time for infinite jest. You got to like kind of button up and get it together sometime. Never read anything by Oscar Wilde. I feel like that's a blind spot in my life. You just watch it. Their plays. Yeah. I, I, I have read The Portrait of Dorian Gray. It's like a surprisingly, it's a surprisingly good read. Like the language doesn't feel old. Old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm by that. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's been a, a hell of a weekend. No, I was going to say, if anybody is is listening, join us because of uh, an appearance I made on uh, old Ken Bruce Sunday morning sports show. We apologize. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> If you haven't turned off already, you're you're in for a doozy. Um, I guess. If you were if you tuned in because you were listening to 700 WLW, um, Infinite Jest and Gravity's Rainbow are both novels. <laughs> oh, no, no, Grayson, you can't do this. <laughs> um, and Oscar Wilde was a uh, a gay man in the late 19th century, who uh, whose last uh, dying words were uh, either those. Curtains go, or I do. <laughs> <laughs> he was a pretty funny guy. Yeah, he was a funny guy. Yeah. Wrote, wrote a lot about socialism. He wrote, a, he wrote a thing called The Importance of Being Earnest. And the, the reason the title is funny is because there's uh, Ernest is the name of a guy. I've seen, a lot of also, his, I've seen a lot of his movies. But it's also, <laughs> right, yes. It's about Ernest P. Warren <laughs> and how important it is. But it's also Ernest means like uh, sincere. Oh, it's a it's a it's a play on uh, uh, puns. Play on puns itself. It's a play. It is a play. Play on puns, but it's also a play on puns. Right, or it's a pun on a play. Pun on a play. This is too much for me. All right, but anyway, welcome. We're in deep. WLW listeners, sorry oh. about issue one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you would have enjoyed our tour today in the Capitol. You would have. Yeah. Our, would've. Tour, our tour guide was phenomenal. 
Yeah. <laughs> Probably a listener. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Signal gets up this far. <laughs> oh my God. No, I it was it was a good weekend and hopefully hopefully some more content comes out of it um in the uh in the future. And yeah, if it's well received, we'll find a way to do this. In other cities, other times, other places, it should I mean, be fun. Somebody's going to have to step up some sponsorship dollars if we're going to do this again some places in a dropping distance. <laughs> we're going to go to every Empanadas box in Columbus. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Promo code the post Cincy at CincyShirts.com. Right. And maybe something else someday. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe if you want... If you enjoy this content and you also want to use the promo code the post Cincy on your, uh, your business... Uh, DMs are open. Yeah, shoot. yeah. Just tip, uh, tip the Twitter account. Yeah, I, I don't know if I like that. That is still up there. <laughs> I don't know where where x.com is headed, and I just don't know if I want financials on there. But sure, go for it. Um, hell is real. We, I don't know. We've we've got to talk about this. Hmm. Do we? I, I think we do. Because we also will need to preview in this episode in some way, shape, or form the Open Cup game. <sighs> yeah. So, hell is real. It happened tonight. I think pre-game, for my money, good vibes at the supporters. Well, <laughs> for some of us, it was good vibes. Uh, it was People were up for it. People were excited. People had noisemakers blowing in Grayson's face. I don't know if Grayson was up for it, but I think people's spirits were high generally. I think the only people having a worse time than Grayson having noisemakers blown in his face were the two employees that showed up for work at Goodwood <laughs> and were somehow trying to serve <laughs> drinks to an entire bar of people that I'm not entirely certain they were aware were coming on on today. Yeah, there's if they had just told them. Hey guys, we got a group coming up from Cincinnati. We'll have a lot of people there. It should be a good time. Would you guys be open? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. I think that's all that happened. Because I don't think anybody told them, oh, 200 people are going to show up at the exact same time and overwhelm your wait staff, your kitchen staff, your bar staff. Nothing is going to work the way you think it will. Is that cool? I don't think they got that heads up. That Wait, version didn't get there. Is that the... Is that the is that the message that FC Cincinnati was given before the game? <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. is going to work. Right. This, this is this is going to be horrible. There's going to be a lot of people watching you, and it's not going to go the way you think it will. You have to show up to work on a Sunday. Yeah, that's and there'll be a lot of people there, and you're not going to be prepared for it. Yeah, and you know I can deliver. I mean, it was good vibes, but I I would not give the restaurant good marks for what the experience was. Yeah, it's hard just because you don't know if it was the manager that yeah. didn't staff enough people. But I mean, to, to their credit, I got at least a couple beers in yeah. my system before the game. And as it turns out, I probably should have gotten a few more in my system before watching that. Uh, but no, vibes were high. Crowd was, was rowdy. Everyone seemed like they were really excited. Everyone seemed pretty confident. I thought I yeah. was... Um, I don't know that I was confident because I was predicting a draw in this game, but I certainly wasn't get the piss beat out of us. Like Grayson was. Right. No, Grayson, <laughs> Grayson, as the only person at this table that was predicting an ass whipping, um, why don't you tell the American people what your vibes were walking into the stadium? Uh, they, they were about what you'd expect them to be. Um, yeah. 
Terror and resignation. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's so. You know, it's it's one of those things where I am just tired. I'm just tired. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And I'm tired of being lied to. Yes. Every day. Yes. Um, there is a. <laughs> there is a tendency yeah. for, let's say, you know, supposedly unbiased or impartial media mm-hmm. to nevertheless toe a party line and continue to toe a party line and tell people that they are not seeing what they know they're seeing, right? I mean, it's like, let's say there was like a nameless politician who clearly didn't know what his name was or what day it was. Right, okay. And you were just, it couldn't stand up straight. Yeah. And you were just told like, no, this is all good. This, this is, is how fine. it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I felt the same way with like, people asked certain people, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name Tom Bogert, especially. No. People ask them how to rate SC Cincinnati's window. And we were told that it's a great window. Sure. Um, They added a a DP striker and didn't lose anybody. Those are both good things. Those are both good things. (laughs) Um, But those are the only things. FC Cincinnati is not the only team that is allowed to add players. Oh, oh, I'm <laughs> seeing a problem here. Did the other teams get better and we kind of stood the same? Yeah. Interesting. And didn't huh. address the biggest problem that has existed in this team since the preseason. That we have two center backs to play three center back roles. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Would that at all be relevant in this game? Surely you could look at the week ahead and think you don't need Mosquera for this game. Not important. Not necessary. Right? This is sarcasm, folks. It would have been great to have one of, if not FC Cincinnati's best players on the field at a position of need at a place that was, as we saw tonight, and as anybody who has watched this team could have predicted, an absolute vulnerability could have used him. And he wasn't there. And we were told this week that that's fine. Don't need him. That the real important thing is getting him healthy for a different game. A different game. Yep. But like the problem is, is that when you don't have depth, then any knock, because like nobody knew he picked a knock up yeah. until middle of this week. He's on the dreaded uh, side, training off to the side um, spot. I believe, I believe that they've. Um, Added a new location. I think it's the patio now. Yeah, they've added the patio or the balcony. Yeah. I think it's a patio. Now. Is that like that movie, The Island? He's been sent to the island. Right. <laughs> He's <laughs> in the solarium. <laughs> <laughs> He's at the widow's peak waiting for his, his wellness to come back. He's, in. He's fanning himself in the solarium. <laughs> <laughs> but like now you are at the mercy of any time that somebody picks a knock up in training, and now all of a sudden it's it's full goddamn disaster flick yeah because 
Miazga is already on a card suspension, which Matt Miazga maybe our best center back, if not Muska. Yeah. Right. So now your best. Both are good ones. Yeah. You know <laughs> the two I mentioned before. So your two best defending pieces on the back line are now both unavailable. And you've gone from this happy horse shit about, oh, this team is going to be well-rested and this is what they needed was rest. No, what they needed was a fucking center back. They needed a center back. They had a very well-rested center back that could not play this game because of a card suspension. They had another very well-rested center back that couldn't play this game because he picked up a knock in training. And now all of a sudden there's no depth. And what what is the most frustrating about this is – you know with absolute certainty that the storyline coming out of this game was, well, it's just one game and FC Cincinnati wasn't at full strength. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse because there should have been depth there. And we were talking about this on the walk back, but the need was so great that there should have been more options on the table to acquire a center back. Um, If you can't get a center back because you don't have the GAM or the TAM or whatever it is, then maybe you've got to think twice about bringing Aaron Depends in, and maybe you need to use a U22 spot to obtain a center back and bring in a YDP instead. Maybe you need to look at moving a player. Like, God love him, he's played well in this tournament, but maybe you got to move a Ali Can because he's a luxury, a center back is a necessity. Right. Maybe you look at moving a Junior Moreno. Because you have Marco Angulo ready to take that spot over. Junior Moreno is a luxury. A center back is a necessity. Maybe a senior DP center back. Yeah. Would have been an option. Uh, oh, and one and a half year flyer on one of these guys out of Europe that you know could do it. And he, here's the problem. Like, I know what everybody's going to say, right? They're going to say, there's a lot of things. You can say, well, they didn't have, they didn't have the... The money. the money or the gam which available. Is only a guess. We can which is only, only guess. a guess. Nobody knows. Um, or like, you know, will they you will you want to use a DP? Um, you want to use a DP on a striker, um, which fine. But what is your that what is your plan then? Right for center back. Right, and you know, and I don't. I don't want to pile on him here. Right. We will. But yeah. When you decide to bring in Aaron Bupenza as your senior DP striker, and then your line from there is there is nothing else we can do, you put an immense amount of pressure on that move to work. Because he he doesn't just need to be a good striker. Yeah. He needs to make your team better than it would be with Baji or Santos starting and a YDP and two U22s. And a better center back. Like right. He needs yes. to be playing at a DP striker and above replacement center back level combined. Yeah, In a baseball sense, his war needs to be through the roof. If it's going to to pan out, because the way you if you have if you have room in your budget for a senior DP, you also have room in your budget. And I know this is this is half season, so it's a little different. Okay, sure. But a senior DP is about a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget hit. Yeah. 
one young designated player and two U22 players top out at a total of a $600,000 budget. So, so you do, if you have budget space to sign a senior DP as your third DP, you also had budget space in a vacuum. I like everybody's got circumstances, but nobody, nobody, nobody tells anybody. No, nobody provides the details on this. Right. Okay. But so it is, but it is undeniably true that in a vacuum, if you've, if you've space to sign a senior designated player, you had space to sign a young designated player and two U22s. Yep. And what that means is that it's an inordinate amount of pressure, an immense amount of pressure on Andrew Penza to be successful right now. Yeah. Right now. Which is the only reason you do that. Yes. Because Not otherwise you make that. Because otherwise you are handicapping your ability to add talent to this team, young talent. Um, and it's multiple positions you could add young talent at. What it does effectively is that if you can bring in a YDP and two U22s and one of those three moves hits big, mm -hmm. you're still in the same position as you would have if your DP hits big. Yeah. Like you are increasing the odds that someone you bring in will be a difference maker for your team. Yeah. And now, because you have chosen to use those resources on one player. And look, I was in favor of bringing in the, the DP that can make a difference right now because right. this team is built to win right now. Yeah. But what you've effectively done is that you must hit a home run on that. And I know I've been accused of being an alarmist on this by all of us. All of us. <laughs> this has not looked like a home run move. Yeah. And not only has it not looked like a home run move, it also came at the expense of fixing other things. Yeah. Which bit every part of that bit this team on the ass tonight in Columbus. What makes it even worse <clears throat> is you look at, okay, well, FC Cincinnati got to this point in the season in first place on this, you know, incredible pace. They did it largely without Brenner. So that means they did it with Baji, Santos, Vasquez. All those guys are still on the team. All those guys, I understand Santos and Baji are coming back from injury. And sure, that's a bummer. And sure, injuries happen. And while you do need to account for them, in some ways you can't account for them. If all of your guys get hurt, all your guys are hurt, you don't have any more. But like we got this far with those three at striker. So like, why couldn't you make it? the next 10 games at, with those three at striker and invest elsewhere where you were dying at center back. And maybe the right guys didn't show up, the right deal doesn't show up, I don't know. But again, it's it's sort of this black box from this front office where the crew we added two center backs yes. in, that, in one window. And Julian Gressel and Diego Rossi. <laughs> yes. And not only that, too, it's like you can't even say, well, maybe the right deal didn't show up in this window. They signed Bapenza before the window even opened. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. They, that was the plan. Yeah. And I understand that there's probably <sighs> yeah. there is probably an argument to be made that, like, Aaron Bupenza is also here for next year when you're losing Brandon Vasquez and you have no strikers yeah. of note on the roster. But I'm sorry. The plan has to be win this year. And – yeah. And even if you're going to like, even if you're going to bring in a striker, you can't whiff. Yeah. And it looks like a whiff at this point. Can I float something stupid? And I think this is incredibly unfair. On this podcast, yes. float something stupid? No. So 
<laughs> if FCC had waited, we wait until the, the ends of this window. There's the potential that Tyler Adams was without a club. And we offer him a DP spot for the rest of the MLS season. We have Miazga and uh, Loro put the, uh, the the sales pitch to him and say, hey, man, come in, win a championship, you get right back to Europe. This would be great. Could have done it. It's, it's stupid. We trade like Moreno for a center back and it all works out. This is Eric, tough. Eric Palmer Brown switched clubs this window. Yeah. Like nobody kicked the tires on that. Uh, surely we could have done something for Kamal Miller that bet – that never beat what Miami offered. <laughs> I could have offered him a dollar um, more, right? Sure. You know, a uh, 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 crew got um, two. They got they got two center backs, both international, um, right? Like from Europe. No, um, one was Camacho was a trade with Montreal. Ah, okay, okay. But it wasn't like they broke the bank on him. No. Um, and but Gressel was like a fairly well. Gressel's potentially a sizable. Trade sure. if he if he resigns with them because sure. there's there's escalators, um, yeah. It, it at the time we like the deal. I still think the deal can pan out generally. Yeah, but again, it all hinges on Bupenza living up to that potential. And uh, yes, the deal can pan, the deal can pan out, but it's it's also important to like. Ah, uh, maybe nothing's important, but it's fair. <laughs> it's fair to explain like how what how this deal should be judged. Yeah. And and what the decision and what the consequences yeah. of the decision are and what you're giving up yeah. when you make that decision. Yeah. And the fact is we saw a team with a high-priced DP striker. Yep. A We'll say high-priced, DP, number 10, MVP candidate, and a U.S. men's national team striker that everybody gets expected, that everybody's expecting to get sold to Europe this winter for for close to $10 million or whatever it is, right? Right. We saw that a team with that front three score zero goals. And look, After a two-week break. And look unthreatening. Yeah. Doing so. Yeah. Two two decent shots from what I remember. Maybe there was a third one in there. Yeah, it was rough. So set the table here for Hell is Real. I'll run through the lineup, which again, I think just screams out loud how bad this defense uh is at this moment, just in terms of personnel. Like they could have played better, sure. They didn't. Uh it was Roman Salentano between the sticks. Um, I kept floating the idea, and I think I was the only person with this idea of maybe let Can go back to back just so it's not rusty going into Miami. So Celentano in maybe goal. Not, maybe don't make Can uh, experience experience yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Keep him keep him safe and in a bubble. That's fair. Uh, it was Gaddis as your left center back. I'm going to go through this slowly because it, it's very different than what we normally do. Gaddis was the left center back. Ian Murphy was your center center back. And Nick Haglin was the right center back. That put uh, Barrial out left in the wingback position where he normally is. And Alvis Powell out right as the uh, the right-sided you, wingback. You can't do that. You yeah. can't do that. You can't have Nick Haglin being covered by Alvis Powell. Columbus certainly seemed to think 
that they could get a lot of joy taking it down the side that had Alvis Powell and Nick Hagelin. Target that corner, and they did it over and over again. Just to finish it out, it was the rest of the team was as normal. Moreno, Wilboto, Acosta as your midfield trio with Bupenza and Vasquez up top. And yeah, uh, Gaddis and Powell being as a part of this back line. Ian Murphy is the central center back. We've never seen I think that. they've done that. Have they? They've done that. Okay. Yeah. I was very nervous when I saw that. I think I would have, for some reason, felt better with Haglund there, but I don't know if Gaddis is your right center back. Oh, I yeah. think they've. I know. I know they've done that. Okay. Um, I'm not going to guess at when they have, but yeah, I'll I'll look it up and you guys keep talking. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> just a uh, yeah. It's just a game calling out for depth at center back is is really what this would come to. It is. And so you look at this lineup and to me, and you tell me if you think differently than I do on this, it's okay. that the Powell-Haglund side is a, a gaping wound, a, a, a stab wound to use something that you'll like and be familiar with in this defense. It's just begging to be repeatedly hammered. Yeah. Um, and it was. But you are hopeful that this team has the ability to absorb some pressure, get the ball into the midfield, and attack quickly down the flanks. Yep. Um, you still have Barial out there, who's been incredibly effective going up the left-hand side in this game. And using that interplay where Lucho drifts out wide to the left to play two-man games with Barial, that should still be there. Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't. All night. Barial was mostly ineffective. I think it was probably his poorest game yeah, Murphy played in the center against Toronto. Nice. There we go. So you expect this team to still have some firepower and show some fight going forward. But with the center backs situation being so dire, what you ended up with in this game, especially right out of the shoot, the first 15 minutes of this game, yeah, what you ended up with was a back line that was so timid Mm-hmm. And so unwilling to step up and contest for fear of being beaten by the through ball that every one of these players from Columbus all night had acres of space to yeah. operate in. Yes. And the contrast was stark where um, Cincinnati FCC couldn't buy an inch of space anywhere on the pitch. They were locked down. Lucho was surrounded by players all night. It was rare to find anyone that had time and space anywhere with this team. But on the other side, Columbus, no one was stepping out to ball pressure. Yep. No one was stepping up to uh, step to block through balls. No one was stepping up to contest. And players had opportunities to stand over the ball, pick out runs, pick out passes. And it leads to the first goal of the game yes. where no one steps up to contest the shot. And the only thing I could think of with this is that if that's Leo Messi <laughs> right there, oh. he scores a dozen goals yeah. with defense like this that's unwilling to step up and make life even remotely difficult for anyone on the attack. And before you know it, before this team's even settled into a rhythm, they're down 1-0. The crowd is completely... Rocking and rolling, all 20,000 of the hard hat motherfuckers. And from that moment, I was like, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Like, we have nothing to offer on defense. Mm. We are going to get diced in this game. 
Yeah, I, I did. I did appreciate the appearance from um, Columbus Jacks. I guess was was yeah. was was uh, was uh, the the goal celebration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Columbus Jacks. They they, they looked they, very enthusiastic. Yeah, they, they were very enthusiastic. They Just, did these like soft mind punches of the fake doll that they brought of Gary. It was so weird. Just rip it, <laughs> rip it, baby. Yeah, what are you doing? Why would you not really punch the stuff? It's not going to... Just pounding away. I guess we should, like, it wouldn't be a podcast or a postcast if we didn't keep doubling back on things. Please. Um, oh, I did skip over the absurd pregame. Yeah, so we have to yes. talk about this before we get too far into, like, the actual... Yeah. So, um, do you want to set the stage or do you want me? So, I'll, I'll lay it out like this. So, we went in with the supporters' march, which means we get in there bright and early uh, as... Basically, as early as security feels comfortable getting uh, the way supporters in there, um, we're in there for a good long while. And then I noticed like the clock was ticking down, but it was clicking down to a timeline that didn't make sense because it wasn't timing down to 730, which is normally what FCC does. So they were timing it down to the start of the presentation, which is probably smart. It did feel like there were a lot of people in their seats for that one. Um, and then everything went off the rails. So I'll, I'll, I'll pass it over to you, Chief. Yeah. So they uh, wheel out onto the field a bunch of pyrotechnic stuff to shoot off fireworks, fire, that sort of thing. That's pretty standard fare. Sure. Like, we've done that. We shoot fireworks off from our roof because we're adults. <laughs> they have to wheel their stuff onto the field. But then all of a sudden music starts playing. And there's like a guy on a drum kit in the corner where the, the Columbus Jacks usually are. And they appear to be singing. We couldn't figure out if they were lip syncing or what they were doing. But apparently it was an actual butt rock band. Yeah. Welshly Arms. Welshly Arms was performing their song. I, we, we didn't mention that briefly. But yeah, it was so weird that it was like, it looked and felt like a lip sync. Right. I feel very confident like that it was. A, like it was a cover band that was local that was performing the song? I, I thought it was a cover band. <laughs> so they've got a, a full cover band playing the song Legendary, which is like, okay, fine, too. I mean, I'm sure that was the theme song for WrestleMania at some point. It has yeah. that kind of vibe to yeah. it. The NCAA tournament. Right. Like Shroom from WEBN is going to intro the song for some reason. Yeah. Um, then they proceed to, on the Jumbotron... Uh, call out the the Columbus Jack the, the Columbus Jacks. Yep. Then it was the Capos and the Capos stands down in front of the uh, the supporters section. That was they weird. get their own individual glamour shot. Yeah, all they, of them, all like of them, each one individually. Then they have a glamour shot of the brass section playing the trumpet, the trombone, and whatever. Yeah. Then the drummers get a glamour shot. <laughs> then there's a glamour shot of the entire Nord Nordecky section or whatever. Yeah. And then at the top of it, they have a, a brick wall that's like a foam brick wall. Yes. <laughs> and somebody runs through a brick wall. <laughs> and in this case, it was Wilford Nancy who was under suspension for this game. You wouldn't know it by how Columbus played. Nope. So he shows up running through a brick wall to push down a plunger. On like a wily Coyote looking dynamite thing yeah. that sets off all the pyro on stage. <laughs> and at this point, I'm so fucking confused about what's going on. I I don't even know. I don't know where you guys were. My I, my head was my mind parts were in a pretzel. I don't know what's going on. 
I have a bad feeling about everything, though. It was so funny because, like, we've we've definitely been entrenched in the uh, the supporters culture world. They broke every single rule that we have fought so hard not to break. And the entire stadium's eating it up. This is the MLS 1.0 franchise. I'm just sitting here thinking, why do we follow these dumb rules? Right. <laughs> they, are, they are absolutely uh, just eviscerating whatever pirate rule book the supporters culture has been running itself by. <sighs> and nobody seems to give them any shit for this. No. Nobody cares. You win games, nobody cares. Yeah, man, it was intense. So, uh, we wanted to get that out there before yeah. we start talking more about how bad this game was. I don't think I saw any of this. You're lucky. It was, it was like a I think fever I was chatting dream. in the concourse when all this was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd been doing that. I just spent a long time telling Jonah that it was not Imagine Dragons, that he has the wrong song, that it's a different <laughs> band that copied their exact style and aesthetic. What, what does Imagine Dragons, like, how did a band like that get started? When you're like, like, you go to like bars and play like theme Clubs. songs for CBS procedurals? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the genre of music they play. Yeah, it's like only makes sense with it. like with like uh, some you know forty five year old actress who was in rom coms in two thousand four, walking out in like a suit and just like kind of like crossing her arms and looking kind of sternly at the camera. Right, like, like it, it, it's like all this is this is cop lady, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's cop a, lady it, and lawyer. It's a it's a police police medical procedural or something <laughs> like yeah. that. Like this is this is like the two doctor cop. Yeah, do, <laughs> <laughs> doctor cop. This is like the, the the modern equivalent of a Quinn I, Martin. I would production. watch. I would watch Doctor Cop. Doctor Cop. Doctor Cop. Doctor Cop. Attorney at law. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Doctor Cop. <laughs> With the theme song by Imagine Dragons. She is the judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> Where, they, what, what's a, they say all cops are bastards. Well, this one's a... <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Dr. Cop, attorney at law, right after an all-new Chicago Fire on NBC. I was going to say, Dr. Cop, attorney at law, and mom. Right? <laughs> It'll be the number one show on CBS for 15 years. She's a doctor. She's a police officer. She's a lawyer. But her one, number one title is mom. <laughs> oh, God. What, what kind of bar, like, if you're a bar, what kind of bar books an up-and-coming Imagine Dragons? Like, Where's the next Imagine Dragons is what we're asking. Yeah. yeah. Like, where would you go? In Cincinnati, what bar would you go to expecting, like, man... I'm going to see the next Imagine Dragons. The Mad Frog. No, Doesn't exist anymore. R.I.P. There's nowhere, there's nowhere you would go. Top they Cats. Only play, they only play Actually, at like Great American Ballpark. They play yeah. on a concourse of Great American Ballpark. Like they're the band playing on like the side stage, like right down the third, the, uh, the first baseline. They doing the pregame concert. They open for the Rusty Griswolds. <laughs> Do you know, I had a friend that was a bouncer at Jefferson Hall back in the day mm. when it was in Newport on the Levee. Yeah. Whenever the Rusty Griswolds would be, would be playing, we'd you know, go in and he'd say, hey, who's playing tonight? That's fucking Rusty Griswolds. Like, I finally asked, like, why do you hate this band so much? They play the same set. In the same order, every single time they play. And I have seen the Rusty Griswolds play so many times. I can tell you every song in order that's going to happen. And it's just the most miserable time. Now, this is that 700 WLW content. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait till we get under the naked karate girls. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, what was some of the other uh, Jersey Forehead back in the day? No. Yeah, they were they were a cover band that used to do the tour. Their um their website was foreheadsucks.com, which I respected tremendously. That's good. That's good. Oh God. Um <laughs> Music yeah. in Cincinnati used to suck. Like when you went out to places. Yeah, it used to. Yeah. <laughs> Still does, but I used to too. <laughs> I used to do drugs. I still do drugs, but I used to too. Um, no one does drugs. No, no, that's not true. Um, especially, you know who else? You know who especially doesn't do drugs? Doctor, lawyer, cop. Doctor, lawyer. No, it was a uh, doctor, cop, attorney at law. Doctor, cop, attorney at law. <laughs> There's something here. CBS will absolutely buy the rights to this when the writers' strike ends. Oh man. Who stars in Dr. Cop Attorney of we, Law? The team has to have some contact, some contact with CBS now that the Open Cup is going to be on Galazzo. Right. We just got to just get me in a room. <laughs> get me in the room with Mr. CBS. I need five minutes. Mr. Columbia, let me be in the room with him. Yeah, because I don't think Tim Apple would pick this kind of a show up because it's not dystopian enough. No, but Joe, Joe Columbia will. Yeah. So she investigates medical malpractice. And no, then, no, no. She investigates crime. Crime. But I'm just, I'm trying to, we got to combine her medical expertise and her. So what's the order? Is she a doctor? She, she, she could tell if the person's dead. Right. <laughs> I'm just a useful right. skill. <laughs> so is she a doctor that became a cop and then went to law school? Or is she a cop that went to medical school? Like, what's the order that doctor, cop, attorney, law? She's a doctor who became a cop and then got a knight. Law school degree. Mm-hmm. So she worked day shift, which means she wasn't actually what saying the real crime. she lost her medical license and she got the law degree to help fight to get her medical degree back? No, her husband got killed. Oh, ooh, okay. Yeah. So like she her solved, husband got killed. So she saw her she husband. became a cop to try to solve her husband's murder. Oh, okay. Which is why she's a single mom. Damn. Yeah. Like she did not, she had, for CBS audience, yeah. she had kids in an appropriate scenario. That's a right. good point. We don't want to push with, an envelope. With a married, a husband she was married to in a church. A very nice, handsome right. man. Yes. yes. The, uh, the Her husband was <laughs> state senator or senator or congressman of some sort. Like On he the was, upswing. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, he was killed at a political event of some sort a for state, his beliefs. A state, a state senator is a pretty upstanding job. Yeah. For a guy yeah, he was CBS a, to have. Yeah, he was a state senator who was running for governor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was like mean. in line to run for governor. Maybe still in a primary. Still in a primary, primary, but he was like, killed. I think yeah. he was not off the ground yet. Right, but no, he was killed in suspicious circumstances, and the police wrote this off as a natural cause. But she knows that his political was enemies. Accused? Was no, she, she wasn't accused. accused. No, he yeah. shot okay. himself twice in the head and then, and then hanged himself. No, he fell down an elevator shaft onto <laughs> some bullets. Yeah. And so the police didn't want to investigate this crime, but she knew that his uh, political enemies were out to get him. So she took a break from her medical practice, her successful medical practice. Uh-huh. To join she, had the- a, she was a pediatrician right? Oh, yeah. who also treated the elderly. A geriatric pediatrician? Yes. Okay. Like for like a, like a, like her, her night shift or something. Like yeah. She did like a, a right. moon, moonlighting at a senior right. center or something. Yeah. 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 And so, because this is, takes, takes place in a post-defunding uh, Medicare, the ooh, U.S., so yeah. the elderly no longer have uh, secure medical care. Yeah. So she took it upon herself to make sure 
that the elderly in her community had access to high quality care. Okay, so we figured out why she goes and becomes a cop. How do we get her to law school? Um, she gets frustrated that all of the cases that she brings to the corrupt DA, yeah, who yeah. was her husband's college yeah. roommate, yeah, they never get brought. And the one who, who wait, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 Oh, because so then he's stepping down. She has to get a law degree before before he gets elected. Time for the election. Yeah, so she. Oh, that's a fun a, thing. So she so has got like a yeah. She's a got race a race She has to get a law degree faster than anyone has ever gotten one. Yeah, yeah while simultaneously. Don't worry about that. Life right. works. While simultaneously <laughs> solving her husband's murder, her husband's murder, but also just everyday crime. Yeah, because oh, she yeah. has to. She is on the ballot. To be elected as provisionally, DA. Yeah. but she has to get the degree. She has to get her law degree before that. She is like, according to the law, you don't have to be a lawyer to run for DA, or you only have to be a lawyer to be sworn in as DA. Yes. So she has to get her law degree in order to take over as the DA, so that she can prosecute the case she has investigated against this guy. Okay, where do we take it in season three, though? Does she ever solve the case or does she just... No, she gets elected as DA. Well, yeah, sure. And then the governor uses his political corrupt power to remove her as DA, and then she's a private attorney. Let me rephrase it. How many seasons until she's the president? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. But you could... So her daughter probably does grow up to be president. And you can do... You can do, like, 15, 20 years down the line. You can do a reboot, which is... uh, Maybe she just takes Which is CIA. Dr. Cop Jr. <laughs> POTUS. <laughs> Dr. President. Dr. Cop for President. <laughs> Madam Doctor. <laughs> oh. uh, who's playing Dr. Cop, attorney at law? Well, does it, when does, the, does, does it come out now? Yeah, it's like right now. It's got to come Amanda Peet. On on CBS, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't like convert a movie star. It's Amanda P. Okay. Why can't you convert a movie star? Prestige TV cell. Amanda P. Like, used to be a movie star. But it's not movies? prestige. We're talking like CSI level here. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, you need somebody down on their luck. It's Catherine Heigl. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway's too. too big. She's too, too big. big. No. no. But Anne Hathaway, you could get her for like an arc. Yeah. She's like the nemesis. She's. She's the DA's wife, and she she's has like a subplot for a little bit. She's DDS cop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's a dentist and a public defender. She's putting, she's putting microchips in everybody's molars. <laughs> That's how they're trapping us. It's not the vaccine, it's the fillings. <laughs> Why does everybody we know? <laughs> He told. <laughs> That'd be so good. She's listening. Oh, man. I like, I like Amanda Peet for this. I like Taraji P. Henson for anything, to be honest. Sure. Charlize Theron? Way too big. Any more? Charlize Theron's way too big. And I would not be able to work with her. She's too beautiful. 
<laughs> I wouldn't be able to talk to her. Oh, um, and then she's tall. That's true. Rashida Jones? She was just in Oh, Rashida Silo. Jones. Oh, that's it. Rashida Jones is it. She'll be perfect. Yeah. I like this a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, that's hell is real settled. <laughs> How much of this makes the final cut? Answer um, all of it. So, so now a a deflection off your foot <laughs> that hits your hand is a penalty now. You know who would have solved this, Doctor Cop, right. Attorney at Law. Hey, you know what I can do now that we're recording live here in person? Walk away. I'm getting a beer. Does anyone else want one? All right, I got you. Keep Sign talking. me up. Sign me up. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so the first goal, we we did talk about this, but it's just it, it's emblematic of what was happening all night, which is FC Cincinnati defenders and midfielders just running backwards, giving all of the space to Columbus, afraid of confrontation. Terrified of stepping two. For some reason, I guess they were afraid of being beat. But but you have to timestamp Dr. Cop so that people yeah. are able to skip it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Dr. Cop in. Don't cut that. <laughs> no, don't cut it. Just timestamp it. Time, yes. Yeah, no, yeah, don't, don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Don't say what it is in like the preview. Just put Dr. Cop, attorney in law. Everybody else figure it out. Hell is real. Resumes here. Um, yeah, too much space for Aiden Morris. It's frustrating that a player that when other teams are a player like Aiden Morris, yeah. they're capable of taking shots like yep. that. I mean, we're not seeing Malik Pinto do something like that. No, no, no. Do the yeah, do, do the doom pedal. Doom pedal. Yeah, sorry, I got my oh, beers. Appreciate it. Yeah, oh. just rough. Amateur. Oh, that's that's loud. I can see it over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just. I, if I if I were to attempt to to boil down what I think the issues were being charitable, I think the general plan is as we've had it uh, understood so far this year is FC Cincinnati's frontline attackers pressure the opposing team's defense into kicking long balls. Our tall defenders in the back win the 50-50 challenges that spring counterattacks through the midfield and, and that unlocks it. But without those core defensive pieces, we didn't see as much pressure from the front line, which meant that the opposing team, i.e. Columbus, uh, had time to pick out their spots. And when given enough time, we're able to just shred our defense. They're a good team. It's not a bad team. I think that this game plan could have worked against a bad team, Columbus is a very good team. And they just passed around our midfield. They had numbers and we had backup defenders that then just spent the entire game sprinting backwards. I, I think that's what happened there. I don't know, maybe the team pressed more than I thought. I don't remember their I mean, doing they, a lot. They, I felt like they weren't pressing as much as we're used to seeing. Yeah, they were pressing, but it was just ineffective. Like mm-hmm. they didn't, it was half-hearted. Um, look. Uh, there's no bigger Lucho Acosta stand than I am. Lucho, something looked off about Lucho tonight. Mm-hmm. The body language was all off. He would frequently would run to press, wouldn't effectively do whatever it was he was trying to do, 
And then after he passed his man, he would turn and exasperatedly sort of start walking back the other direction. Yeah. Like he looked very frustrated by what was going on right here. Um, and yeah, I thought we, we pressed, but it just, it was half-hearted. There wasn't a lot of real venom in what they were doing and they didn't win the ball, which is if you're pressing and not winning the ball or forcing mistakes, you're just opening yourself up to the, be what's the pass what's the plan? What's the plan when when an attacker presses, but the guy with the ball gets around him? Right. Is is the plan to let that guy then take the ball halfway down the field completely unbothered? Uh, apparently, apparently was tonight. <laughs> yeah, but hey, if if at first you don't succeed, just give up and hope they don't score. That's I think how I that's, feel. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much my how we run things on this podcast. <laughs> so, all right, so. See Let's, I, I'm I'm done dancing around it. What's up with Aaron Bapenza? I found a I found a headline about him. Oh thank God! Uh, <laughs> I was so worried that we since we're recording so quickly, we might not have had any headlines for this game. Yeah, yeah. I found a headline. Uh, it's from Broadway World. Mm. Uh, it seems like maybe a little outside the wheelhouse. I don't know, but I always check. I always just check Broadway World these wow. days immediately it's, after right. the yeah. game. Yeah, uh, it's Ovu Penza. Eh, don't you try for me. I'm just from Cincinnati and glad to see Messi. <laughs> <laughs> it sums up a, an alarming number of people's opinions on this team. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. What's up? Defend, defend your man. Man, what? Okay. So, on some level, you can say, like, ah, well, you know. Shot selection isn't there or, or things like that. He is making the wrong choice every time. He can't play a, a give and go with Lucho. He's passing when he should shoot. He's shooting when he should pass. He's His effort is erratic. It spikes. It comes and goes. And not in like a you know crafty striker biding his time it's like he'll try for dumb stuff and then not try when times were like i think he could have made it it's it's so weird and concerning that like this, this game from him yeah for having two weeks mm -hmm. to prepare mm -hmm. it honestly looked like he had never seen his teammates before ever yeah the give and go wasn't there the layoffs weren't there. The team was playing dummies where no one was running behind anyone. Crosses to nobody. Crosses to no one. Over and over. He's timid with the ball at his feet where there's multiple opportunities where he could have done something, yeah. shoot, pass, and instead he chooses to step over or dribble. He's indecisive yeah. with the ball. He was caught offside multiple times on really, really high up the pitch. Yeah. Which is really unforgivable. Like, it's one thing if you are, like, you're trying to get behind someone and you are a, a step off or a shoulder sure. off or whatever. It's like, okay, I get that. As a striker, you have to live on the edge. He's conceding possession by being offside on... At midfield. At midfield on routine balls that are 50-50 balls yeah. uh, back from the back line. And... You are, it's a turnover. It's it's as bad as booting the ball out of bounds when you can't stay on side yeah. and you're getting trapped offside by a high line. And that's that is shit that is inexcusable for a player on his wage bill 
who has had this much time to now integrate onto the team. And I'm concerned, like I'm outright concerned that this is what he looked like after having rest and time to train with the team. Am I off base on this? The only the only defense I can give to him, which is just smearing everybody else, which is that like nobody else covered themselves in glory tonight. And while he looked bad, and I, I even grant you worse than other people, like Vasquez didn't do anything tonight. No, he, he was not. Lucho didn't do anything tonight. tonight. Barriel barely contributed. Like he was bad, but it was an off night for everybody. That gives me hope that he alone is not bad. Like if everybody else was great and he was screwing everything up, I'd be way more concerned with everybody being bad. My concern goes down. However, as we talked about for like the first half hour of this podcast, we really need him to do much better than this. He is, he needs to be better than Vasquez, not as bad as Vasquez on the night. He needs to be better than Vasquez. I just can't, figure out what they're like watching him play. I can't figure out what they're trying to do with him Mm -hmm. where he is not playing as a traditional hold up striker. Yeah. He's it's clear. He wants to run with the ball, but he's not particularly adept at that. And I just, I don't see like, I understand what they're trying to do with Vasquez. I don't understand what they're trying to do with Bapenza. And it seems disjointed. It seems disorganized. And whatever it was, it did not fool Columbus in the slightest. It did not put him into dangerous situations frequently enough. Yeah. And I don't know. It's I'm nervous that like this should have been a coming out party for him to a certain extent with this much time to train and look like linked up with the team. It just wasn't there. Yeah. I, I continue to be frustrated by the team seeming to just like, you you know, like in like figure skating and gymnastics, part of the score you get is how difficult the routine is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like they're going for some type of style point with how they, how they, how they yes. create goals. Fuck yes. And Thank it's you. like they're trying to do like very complicated things, particularly when they get in the box. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it would be awesome if like you just doinked it over the middle of three defenders and found Lucho on his foot and just like right. did this perfectly precise play that ended up in a goal. Yeah, that'd be sick. But like sometimes you just like Take a rip. Take a rip. Yeah. You know, get into some space and just make a shot. Yeah. Uh, make a cross that doesn't go all the way to the other side of the box right. in the air. Right? When you have... Aim for the mix. you have Vasquez and Bupenza in, in, in front of goal in the box, maybe the cross isn't just over... Elvis Powell's head over at the edge. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit one of those big boys in the middle that have a, I don't know, a history of scoring headers. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, it's how how often do we give up goals that are just like a guy just took a rip? Yeah, you know, or, they put a ball into the they put a ball into the box. It ricocheted and found somebody and he finished. Or it found somebody's hand and all of a sudden you're you're walking to the spot for a PK. Like was the case in, in this? Yeah. Rip? Where it's you put the ball in a dangerous position, you do something dangerous. And this team has benefited from that over the course of the year. Put a dangerous ball in, 
shit happens. Yeah. And in a league like MLS, you're not going to technical your way to victory. Maybe Miami can yeah. with the players they have, but occasionally you just got to brute force your way through something. Yeah. And you can't play these cute little games, these finesse games. Every so often, you just got to go route one. Just go right at them, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear about how good some of our guys are in the air. Right. And we can't find a single one of them on a cross. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had a header goal. I think the last one was Ian Murphy's. Like, it's been a long time since we've had that, which is insane. We've got two of the best wingbacks in the league. Sandy Arias, didn't he have one, like some flying header in one of the uh, Open Cup games or the League's Cup games? Oh, maybe he did. Maybe he did. Like he scored the third on oh, Pittsburgh? Yeah. yeah. Or he might have. Yeah. But yeah, like we've got good crossers of the ball. We've got huge center backs when healthy and available. And we've got Brandon Vasquez. Brandon Vasquez. Like we should be able to do this. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk about the penalty. Um, and Grayson, I'll give you the uh, the opportunity here to complain about the gaslighting. I don't know if we just continue to get different definitions of yeah. what a penalty is. I mean, I haven't seen I, I haven't seen any news on it. Like we came basically straight from the game mm-hmm. in a recording. But I've always been told that like they're not supposed to call a penalty when it comes off a guy's foot into his into his hand because it's a deflection he didn't really have time to to react to it um you know it seems like Barrial is like in the act of like jumping and kicking his hand is going to be up right and we've had numerous occasions where the foot to hand thing happened mm-hmm. against us and no penalty was given and VAR confirmed no penalty in those instances. And I'm thinking in particular, for one, just, you know, Nashville last year. And we've been told, well, hand to, or foot to, foot to hand, not a penalty. Yeah. Um, which I accepted. Yeah. I accepted that explanation. And now it just feels like another thing that we're just being lied to about. Yeah. It's, it sucks. And it, I mean, going down a goal... And the way the team had played up to that point, you didn't have a lot of hope. And then the penalty happens and everything starts to drain. It was a poor penalty, uh, but Roman guesses the wrong way. And that's that. Has Roman ever stopped a penalty? Yeah. Okay. He has. He has. It's hard. It's hard to do in his defense. He stopped. He stopped, I think, two last year. Okay. Yeah. It's been a minute. It has. And it sucks, too, because we just went through multiple, you know, penalty shootouts with Cam, admittedly, but not a whole lot of stops in those yeah. either. So I'm not I'm not really going to get on the goalie for nothing. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's just it, it would be nice if it happened. Oh, it would be great if it happened. Yeah. Just, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he stopped. I believe Celentano stopped a penalty against NYCFC last year. Phil's right. Um, I think he stopped. I think he stopped too much. Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Now, then we go. I, in my mind, the most interesting thing to talk about left in that first half is uh, Woboto's yellow card. I think this is an interesting one because I will admit he, gra- he grabs the guy's face, which I think if you start off this sentence with that, you feel like that's a very deserved yellow. But what is missing from that is Woboto is charging and he's 
he's going towards the corner, but he's like the the last. He's on the last defender. He's attacking with the ball. And the dude wraps his arm around his neck and drags him to the ground. Yeah, he, RK, and, he RKO's him. Yes. Like, he gets RKO'd and somehow ends up with a yellow card. And he swings his arm back. And sure, uh, some level of, of malice there and some level of just instinct of, like, I'm under attack and I need to defend myself. And uh, it was insane to me. Like, I would accept them both getting yellows on some level. But that only Woboto got the yellow would lead you to believe that it was either a clean foul or that Woboto's plan was to dribble down the field and to then attack a defender <laughs> in the face. Like, <laughs> um, Yeah, and there were some fun things that happened as a result of this. The not fun thing is now Woboto is suspended on card accumulation, which neat. But every match, there's some other person that's being suspended on a card accumulation. I would love... I would love to not have that happen. So our next match against NYCFC, he will not be playing. Yeah. Um, this also got quite a few people hot under the collar. And Roman said penalties against NYCFC and Salt and Real Salt Lake last year. I do remember the Real Salt Lake penalties. Yeah, I remember that one now. Nice. And the one he had against NYCFC was in that four four. Oh yeah, uh, game that wild game. Yeah. Anyway, go. Okay. Um. So Woboto getting RKO'd. Fires everybody up. It draws a fuck Ted Uncle chant that was apparently very audible uh, from the traveling FC Cincinnati supporter. Probably the last thing we had to be fired up about yeah. in, the, in the game. Exactly. And also, friend of the podcast, Kenny Arena, gets, gets hit with a yellow for having some choice words for Ted Uncle. Which, Kenny, I know you're listening, and I just want to tell you... Fuck yeah, man. Fight the power. Fight the man. <laughs> if 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 fines are levied, you know, hit us in the DM. We'll take up a collection. We'll make this happen. Okay? Because thank you for showing something there. What I really loved about Arena's yellow card, too, was that the entire stadium is applauding it, including FCC fans. Yeah. They're like, hell yeah. yeah. Well worth it. Keep I like, going. <laughs> there's, there's something, too, about the assistant coach getting a yellow. Yeah. Where... Everyone's walked like the, the official is marching over towards the sidelines and he makes a point of walking right by Pat Noonan. So there's no question whatsoever you. who's getting this one and right up in Kenny Arena's face <laughs> on the bench. I'm like, hell yeah, that's my guy right there. Yeah. I don't know. Do, can an assistant coach get an individual yellow or do they ever just does it just get issued to the bench? Yeah, you can, and you can get individual individuals. Yeah. OK, OK. Um, I thought it was the I thought it was a fun moment because it was the only time in the game where FC Cincinnati fans and Columbus Crew fans were clapping together for right. the same thing. It was very much a Rocky uh, Four moment where it's like if I can change and you can change, <laughs> maybe we can all change. In that one moment, maybe I, we can't all get along up here. Uh, FCC fans booing some of the pregame festivities, including <laughs> the DJ and I think a little kid taking a penalty. Crew cat with the oh, they have we forgot about this too. They have the uh, opening kick of the game, like throwing out the first pitch. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No swords though. Interesting. Well, so like the dynamite push is sort of their sword thing. Right. So the opening kick, interesting. Don't hate it. Interesting. So we go to the half down yeah. to. I had pretty much written this game off at this point, not because I'm a pessimist, but because just it looked dire. I think the, FCC, e the right? effort looked dire. You'd written it 45 minutes after uh, 
we were told yeah. it didn't matter. It, right, right. Yes. Right. Oh, jeez. <sighs> Certainly, these drop points won't matter. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't. Do we need to talk about the second half? Second, the second half no. was we was don't. Dull. We don't was talk about it. It was dull. I do. I do want to talk about. So, I had said last week that we need to be prepared. Yes. To not okay. overreact. Yeah. To losing to Columbus and losing to Miami. Bold I thing. still, <laughs> I still believe that. That's okay, bold. that's bold of you. Okay, okay. Like, especially after this type of loss. This I, I still, okay. I still believe okay. that they can still bounce back and win against NYCFC next Saturday. Without and everything brother. is fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, that that said, but having <laughs> but that said, the idea that like this game didn't matter for some reason or should be taken lightly because of the semifinal on Wednesday was always silly. Yeah. Um, they could very easily lose the shield mm. by one point, two points, yep. three points. Yep. Okay. They could lose against Columbus and lose against NYCFC. And now that eight point lead doesn't look doesn't look so good anymore. Yeah. Right? Um, so, like, there are not points that are acceptable to drop. Right? There's not like, okay, we don't need these points. We can just get the, get the points elsewhere. Right. You can, you can recover and you can keep winning. Um, but, like... I don't think that the Open Cup is a sure bet than the Shield. Mm-hmm. I How, think not with the I crew that's coming to town on Wednesday. I realize, I realize, like, I realize it's like you know two wins for the Open Cup, right. but um, one of those wins is against Lionel Messi. There's a lot more room for error in yeah. the Shield chase. And it's more in your hands. Yes. Because one loss to Lionel Messi is not going to torpedo your shield chances because you have the opportunity to take care of business elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And they still have the opportunity to take care of business. But it is not easier (laughs) to beat Lionel Messi than it is to not blow an eight-point lead over 11 games. Right. Actually, now because they lost this game, it does raise the possibility that one loss to Lionel Messi is going to torpedo no, their shield chances later on in the year. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it increases the chances. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It makes, it makes the game against Miami in Miami more likely to mean something. Yep. Ugh. Why? Why does it have to be this way? <laughs> And I just, I just think we we've said this over and over. If you're going to win the shield, you have to you have to act like and believe every point matters. And I think the coaching staff, I think the team, does believe every point matters. Yes, I think I don't think that they rested mascara to save him for Wednesday. I think that they're making a decision of, well, we could 
ruin his availability the rest of the season if he plays against Columbus right. and yeah. gets a setback. Yeah. Like, I think it's a cautionary thing, and I think they're going to take the same tack on Wednesday. They're not going to torpedo the rest you of the season to. Yeah. to rush Mascara in. Yeah. We don't, we don't obviously don't know anything about his specific situation, but that's just how I expect this coaching staff to handle players. Yeah. They are not going to torpedo the shield race at the remote. I don't want to say remote, but they're not going to say, oh, it's so important that we beat Messi on Wednesday. Right. That we're going to risk players' availability and health the rest of the year yeah. needlessly. That's not going to happen. Yeah. It, you know, if you're looking at the gambling, the supporter shield is almost. A sure bet. You've been dealt 20 in blackjack. Like, we're okay. We're okay. Like, just, we'll get through it. But you would have really liked to see these points. And I just, just my, what, how I'll put a code on this. Yeah. I reject wholesale. Mm-hmm. Anyone out there. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care if you're a fan. If you're in the media, reporter locally, reporter nationally. It's a rivalry game. Yes. This game should matter. Yes. Losing this game should matter. And the suggestion that any game ever is more important than this game, I don't buy it. Sorry. I know you went on the radio earlier today and said that the, the upcoming game against Inter-Miami, which we're going to talk about here in a second, is the most important game in FC Cincinnati's history. Maybe. Most but this right. game was important too. Yeah. This game in a shield chase is important. This game is a rivalry game is important. This game is a fact that your, your fan base travels for this game is important. And there is there should be no hand-waving of a loss here as, well, you know, get them next time. Like, to a certain extent, yeah, right. there's always get them next time. But no, the, the losses matter. This loss matters. I think the most important game in FC Cincinnati history is going to be Whichever game this season either wins them or directly loses them their best chance at a trophy. Mm. And it's very possible that we just saw that game. Yeah. Wow. Um, oh. But it's possible that game's still to come. Yeah. Sure. Let's hope there, so. <laughs> let's, let's hope that game is still to come. Yeah. Because if we've seen it, this season does not end well. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think, I think that does lead us nicely into our second part here, which we can do in a moment. Is there anything else, though, on Hell is Real before we get out of here? Um, Leaving the stadium, any issues, concerns? We did some free, got some free hot dogs, some sausages. That was nice. A lot of free hot dogs. Especially considering Grayson's uh, DoorDash order of pizza got canceled as soon as we got here. Yeah, so that, that hot dogs, that, that ended up being my dinner tonight. It was a little suspicious he only gave the hot dogs to FCC fans. That's all right. I had the thought. So what is this? Why is it just... Is, there, is, is this piss? Is, right. there, is there piss in this oh, hot dogs? Oh, there's piss in our hot dogs. That's all right. If we end up doing a... If we end up, if we end up getting a cleanse... Um, that's not the end of the world either. Yeah. It's it's very, the, old yeah colon, it's, the old colon cleanse. Yeah, this might have been just a cleanse. Yeah. Yeah, like we're talking about creating content earlier. Shit is a kind of content. Right. Damn. It is the content of a toilet. I'll tweet that later. Shit is my like, shit. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, WOW. <laughs> uh, we, we meant it only in like the scatological sense, so it's less offensive. I did have a friend yeah. once. Um, who right when camera phones were real new, did we got a text message on the group thread where he said, does this look like a question mark to you? 
And it was just a picture of a shit that he'd taken. <laughs> and we were all alarmed most by the fact that there's no paper in the toilet. Yeah, hey, whoa. You had gotten up and just immediately taken a photo before wiping. And that's, <laughs> that's, we don't talk to him anymore. Wandering around. <laughs> <laughs> part two. Let's get over to part two before this gets any further off the rails here. Part two, we are going to somehow, some way, preview, talk about the... Oh my God, what competition we in? The Open Cup semifinal against Miami. And here we are to talk about that final, semifinal against Inter Miami in the Open Cup. And it is, it is on Wednesday. It is here, boys. Our next game that FC Cincinnati will play will be against Inter Barcelona via Miami. This is this is the big one. We just saw maybe the worst performance of the year from FC Cincinnati. You could quibble with the St. Louis and the DC, but I think I don't St. disagree. I think this is it. I think St. Louis we won the XG battle and DC was weird, but it never felt out of it until the scoreline got too far. I think this is the worst one. Um, not the best time for the worst game of the season. You just got out of your system. Yeah. It's Shit. Okay. It, it has nowhere to go but up, I think. I've heard from coaches that say they learn more from losses than from wins. Well, they learned a lot today. It's yeah. Just, this, was a, this was an educational experience. They're probably not going to be training that hard between now and Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of rest now, days. Monday is going to be an off day. Tuesday is going to be a training. And then Wednesday is Wednesday. Is this the point when I say, you know, go full Little League coach? It's like, if I was coaching this team, they'd be in running sprints on Monday morning. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, no. maybe, maybe, maybe a film session or two on Monday. Suicides, <laughs> the lot of you. Get out there. Uh, I do I do expect that the coaching staff will have a couple of notes, maybe, for the players to review. <laughs> Just wanted to comment. Hey, boys, uh, maybe Which next is, time play defense. Yeah. Look, you don't need to be <laughs> Dr. Cop attorney at law <laughs> to, know. to know... To know that there's going to be some things to fix in the film room. But he could coach her daughter's so thing. It could be a whole subplot where she's a soccer coach on the side, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we are. And she uses her cork board to, like, to like diagram plays. Right. Oh, and then, like, what if she's, And she like, gets confused. She brings the wrong cork board to the crime scene, but yeah. the play accidentally solves the crime. Yes. And she connects it. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, all, but also, <laughs> the, the, the DA who is running for governor... His kid <laughs> is on the team as well, and he will show up menacingly on the sidelines every so often. And she has to look at him, knowing that he arranged to have her husband murdered. I like this. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> Jesus, what the? Fuck? <laughs> I don't remember what you're talking about. Um, we're so, we're giving notes to players about potentially playing deep. Yeah, we, have well, we, look, yeah. we got we know we got Matt Miyazzi coming back. That would be that's good. That is that is in the books. Yeah. Okay. Um, Obi um, has a chance to get uh, to, to, to develop a yellow card accumulation in two straight games and two different competitions. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's something to look forward do to. Do it, buddy. Um, he's going to do it. <laughs> there's no way there's no way Obi gets out of this game without a yellow card. I always don't want him to get out of that game without a yellow card. Like, like, he needs to be fouling hard in this one. Yeah. So, but when we got Miazga back. Yeah. Maybe we get mascara back. I'm skeptical. It'd be nice, but um, 
It would be nice. Yeah, would be nice. Uh, and you know, maybe we get Bupenza back. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he decides to show up for this game. <laughs> hey, he showed up against Nashville. Right. No, he, he, again, like yeah. this signing still could still could come off. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it it needs. But I'm just we we're not we're not haters on him. No, we we want him to succeed. Right. Um, it's just that this signing has to succeed wildly. Yeah. For it to be a success. That's it. it. What yeah. really hurts is that... That's, and that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what you want out of Bupenza is what Nashville is getting out of Sam Surridge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh. Didn't Sur- Surridge score in like three straight games or yep. something? Oh, sure did. And looked fantastic against Miami as well. I, it did not score, but yeah. looked good. Looked the part. Also, we didn't mention the Columbus thing. Uh, Diego Rossi didn't even play this fucking game. Yeah, he did. I mean, like he got subbed on right, for like yeah, the last like, twenty minutes, but yeah. like the he, game was he, he almost and he almost scored right away. Yeah, the game was looks. in hand when he yeah yeah. Diego Rossi looked how you wanted Bupenza. To look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked how Bupenza did look Against, in that in Nashville in that yes. first game, oh, yes. and it just. I hope Diego Rossi looks like Aaron Bupenza has we looked have, since Nashville. We have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Pick him up, yeah. In our time machine, drop him off here. Fuck. Um, and how Bupenzo was way better in Turkey than Rossi was. Yeah, and like that can't be just like an accident, right? They both had plenty of sample size. Bupenzo is a very good player. He has a very long track record of being good, and you can quibble with whether or not the Saudi and Qatari leagues are as good as MLS, but. He had more non-penalty goals than Ronaldo. Yeah, right. the the metrics that will bear out. You can go look at whatever website you want that tries to do these comparisons. They they compare favorably on anything that we can measure to MLS. So there's no reason to think that it, it shouldn't translate in some way, shape, or form. They should have their first. Okay. Just, sorry, I'm just gonna say like I just don't believe that the problem is that he's bad. Yeah, that's not it. Something and else I, is happening. Th- that I can be convinced of that over time. Yeah, but. There's too much. They had too much confidence in him, and he has too much of a track record. Yeah. For I mean, this is a guy who, like, at Gabon, he's more of a nailed-on starter than than Denny Bawanga. Right. Like, who is a MVP potential candidate? Like here. he is. All the evidence pre FC Cincinnati right says this guy's a baller. Right. He doesn't even have that Loka black mark. Like Loka came into where he'd failed at Brighton or right. like, you know, exactly. not, not caught. I'm not a hater. I'm just saying that if, if this signing is going to work out, I would really, really like it to work out starting Wednesday. Yeah. Like that. Because this game, we all watched the uh, – so spoiler alert for the content that's coming out content creators. <laughs> we all, the three of us, found a nice watering hole here in Columbus. On Trace in the Sotras. Yeah. We all found a nice little watering hole here in uh, Columbus on Saturday, and we yeah. watched the League's Cup together at a bar where we had to explain how to put the League's Cup on. Always a good To time. the staff. To the staff. Which they did. Which they did. After warning, not a complaint right, about after warning us that, you know, they were going to possibly have to put the Oakland Raiders game on or the Vegas Raiders game on. Which they didn't have. Which wasn't being, tele- which wasn't <laughs> being televised. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Miami team, Grayson, it's your line. It's been repeated elsewhere by friend of the podcast, uh, Carter. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Okay. 
it looked like it bled. It looked like it could be killed in this League's Cup final game. Yeah. But you have to play a perfect game or as close to a perfect game against a team that talented with that talent on the field to win. And I don't think that – I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I interrupt you all the time. With that, I don't think that the takeaway is – I don't think the takeaway from Nashville – tying them one-to-one and taking them to penalties. I don't think the takeaway is bunker. No. I think the takeaway is, especially coming on the heels of Philly, Mm -hmm. changing their identity against Miami and it failing disastrously. I think the takeaway is you play your game. Yep. And if you play the best version of yourself, Mm -hmm. you can beat this team. You have to play you turned up to 11. You have to get – you play the best formation you can, the best personnel you can. You cannot let Miami dictate things to you. Because we were at the bar, and after after Miami scored, um, uh, we started talking about, like, well, does this mean this game's going to open up? And what we settled on was no. No. Was Nashville needed to still play their game? Yeah. Because Nashville's game was always going to be, we're going to defend the hell out of this and try to make something happen. And down one goal, making something making something happen and defending the hell out of it gets you to penalties. Yeah. Yep. And so the takeaway I have from this game from watching the, the Leagues Cup game is that this game on Wednesday should look exactly like FC Cincinnati's game against Chivas Guadalajara. Yeah. Is yeah. that you should throw the starters out there. The only the changes I would make from tonight's lineup is hopefully you have Mascara, hopefully you have Miazga, um, and hopefully Arias yeah. starts as opposed to, you know, comes off the bench, which I tend to think that if there is if there was one eye towards next week, it was it was that it was Arias coming off the bench versus Arias starting and playing a full Slate. It's also Marco Angulo time for me. I, I agree completely. That agree was the that. last thing I was going to say Sorry. is that that you that this is a Marco Angulo game. This is a game where you want some youth, mm-hmm. you want some speed, you want someone who's hungry to be out there and prove themselves. And for me, that's Angulo in place of Junior Moreno. And you put that lineup out there with Papenza and Vasquez up top. I could be talked in. I could be talked into that being Don Baji. Or Sergio Santos instead of Penza. But you've signed him. You've paid him a lot of money. Right. You need this to work out. So I could be talked into it, but I'm, I'm not there on that. Yeah. But you put that lineup out there and you tell them, do your thing. Do not be intimidated by what's on the other side. Do not be intimidated by the names on the back of the jerseys. You do your thing. Because at the end of the day, this Miami team still has MLS players on the team. There are some superheroes on this team. But there are MLS players on this team that were bad mm-hmm. earlier in the year. Yep. And you just – you have to attack. You do what you're going to do. And if that – There's an old Ukrainian pawnbroker playing center back <laughs> right. for, for Miami. Yeah. They, they, they vulnerable. have vulnerabilities. The, the only quibble I would have with the potential lineup – and I completely agree with Angulo. However, Moreno is – one of the very few players, maybe the only player Grayson would know, that has played Messi in 
real life competitions. Arias, that Arias has played him. Arias has played him. Yeah. So maybe you want the defensive midfielder with the experience going up against Arias has never beaten him. Moreno's never Moreno, scored against though, right? Moreno is one one and one against Messi. It's all been a national team competition, but Messi has not scored in any of those games. And both Messi and Junior played full nineties, you know, in each of those three games. See, I just I just <laughs> but, but I'm with I'm yeah. with the Chief on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Moreno, we've described him as a floor raising player. Mm-hmm. I think Angulo is a ceiling raising yes, player. Yes. Absolutely agree. And especially how he's played lately. And the other thing too is that like Messi has scored incredible goals right. in the League's Cup since coming to the league. He's going to get his. There is nothing you can do. And I understand that this is tough as an FC Cincinnati fan to say. Yerson Mascara, um, Wobodo, the guys, Matt Miazga, the guys in this team that you look at as defensive stalwarts for this team. If Messi gets an inch of space on any of these people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you foul someone in the vicinity of the 18-yard box, we got Kenny Arena. He scouted how to defend a Messi free kick. To a certain extent, it just doesn't matter. Right. He's going to get hits. So the idea of doing anything to counter Lionel Messi, there's no point to it. You have just got to outperform the other 10 people on the field yeah. because you're not going to outperform him. And that just you, you are already adopting a failing mindset, playing a team like Miami and playing a generational talent like him. If you are going, thinking you're going to have some answer that absolutely no one on the planet has cooked up before. Right? And I think our... I think our our pressing identity, which we did not see enough of for me tonight, right? Our pressing identity should be well, well designed to yeah. work well against Miami. Yeah, their defense. I, they got Jordi Alba back there. Their center backs are not great players. No, DeAndre Yedlin not great with the ball, um, forcing them to either give the ball away. Or boot it over the midfield, right. taking Busquets and Messi out of, out of the yeah. equation. Um, Put it all on Joseph Martinez and his bad knees. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that is a game plan that you should be able to execute and execute well against Miami. Yes, Messi has made as good as as, as much as all of our players, as good as 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 guys like Muscara, Miazga, and Wobodo are. Messi has made Better players than them, them look yeah. pedestrian. Yes, um, and you know the next the the next time Messi loses to it. Well, when Messi loses to an MLS team, mm-hmm. that's going to be the worst team he's ever lost to <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the club level. Yeah, um, at the first division club level. Yeah, why not us? You'd have to go back to his time in like. Barca B, yeah, right, playing right. in like Segunda División B. Like he was a toddler the last <laughs> right. time he lost. He's team. playing with thirteen-year-olds uh, on your team, yeah. <laughs> like he's lost to some like Ligon and La Liga teams that ended up relegated that season, but those were still Ligon and La Liga, La Liga teams. <laughs> yeah, their, their rosters are literally illegal to assemble in MLS. Yeah, even the bad um, ones. Yeah, but but I. Fuck it. You know? Yeah. 
let's 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 just fucking do it and be legends. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not us? Right? Why not us? And yeah, you know the only thing. Say say play day. Yeah, the only other thing I would say about this game Please. is they've got to be less tentative. Yes, they've got to be less tentative. But Penza Vasquez, they have to be less tentative because the one thing we have seen time and time again, and I say time and time again, like we've been a shitload of these games, but these messy games that we've watched, mm-hmm. and these Miami teams that we Miami games that we've watched, it takes two times. There's time, and then time again, time again. <laughs> so yeah, it does actually play. Um, is that they give you opportunities? Philly had opportunities that they could not put away. They missed chances. Mm-hmm. Nashville had opportunities that they didn't put away. Dallas had opportunities that they put away. They just couldn't prevent them the other way. They just couldn't prevent them the other way. You you have got to finish your chances, and you have got to take your chances. And when you start dancing around, when you start being tentative with the ball, when you don't immediately play instinctively, get the ball into dangerous positions – you miss out on the rare opportunities that you have, and you get, you will absolutely get throttled the other God, way. I'm convinced to start Sergio Santos. <laughs> I'm just convinced. No, you, you've got to put the pens in there. Like, I could be talked into it if you really wanted to convince me, but he's he's too important. The talent is too high. You have to get him right, and you have to keep – Throwing him out there until he demonstrates that it's just not going to work. To me, Bupenza in this situation is like starting Salantana in this situation. No. Think about this. Talk to me. Sergio Santos has a 65-minute sub. Think about this. Sergio Santos for 90 minutes. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have it. No, the, the, the only, it. Well, it's fine. Bupenza is your change of pace guy. Now, right? you get the, 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 trigger, the, the trigger finger on Bupenza has to be quicker because he didn't have it tonight. He yeah. lost tonight. And they waited too long. They waited too long to pull. I just, and it just wasn't there. I trust Santos to run at that bad defense, to play the give and goes with Barrial and, and Lucho, and to already have the chemistry with Vasquez. I think that we, I think we have a better shot of holding the ball longer with Bupenza than with Santos. I'll agree with that. Yeah, and I think that that's going to be key, especially early, mm-hmm. because what you really don't want to do—it's not going to be the end of the world—but like giving up another early goal, yeah, like we gave up tonight, um, it's going to make things exponentially harder. The longer you, and part of that is, part of that is holding the ball. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I still want it. Um, <laughs> predictions. This is the moment. Fuck. You got to put your money where your mouth is, or at least your <sighs> reputation where your mouth is. Do I have to? You know what? Technically, three to two. FC Cincinnati. I thought you were going to say Miami would have been the funniest thing. No. Three to two FC Cincinnati. Wow. And wild one. this team goes on to take the Open Cup and the Shield. I'll take it. Then we lose in the first round to Miami. I will give a shit. If that's <laughs> All right. I'm going to three to two FC Cincinnati. What say you, Chief? Two to one. FC Cincinnati. Wow. In, in, Who are these guys? In extra time. <laughs> Messi scores. In extra time. Messi scores early. Okay. There will be extra time. There will yeah. be extra time. It's not going to go straight to penalties. Yeah. We're in the open cup. Yeah, I open really cup. like the league's cup format. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two to one. Messi scores early. 
We think we're going to get run. The defense tightens up. Um, Lucho scores on a PK Mm -hmm. to bring us back level. Um, And then an extra time, the game winner is... I'm going to say Alvaro Barrial on a banger. If that happens, I will die. (laughs) (laughs) If they pull off, I will uh, die happy. Yeah, but but I I will will die. die. If they do the corner routine where they lob it up to Barrial at the top of the box. Oh my God, that's going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) To which I say, Grayson, it's a good day to die. (laughs) Uh, Well, fine, then I'll be the asshole and I'll say Miami beats us uh, five to nothing because... God is dead and hope is an illusion. And hell is real and it's here. And on that note, fuck Lionel Messi. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.